When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. That, of course, is today's musical guest, Jerry Lee Lewis. Uh, and I like him a lot better. I mean, he was okay with the great rock and roll, but I like him a lot better with the uh, country type of, and the gospel, the country and gospel. He's fantastic. Uh, he did have that little uh, flaw in his uh, early uh, career when he married his 13-year-old cousin, Myra, but uh, uh, he they, they got through that, and uh, nobody ever went to jail, and uh, that was that good. okay, huh? And uh, I think five, it's funny, when you look him up on his bio, it said, the the last woman the the one he's still married to I think and then it says more <laughs> there's like five of them but uh, the great Jerry Lee Lewis will be entertaining us today as a Friday's musical guest Matthew Collar here with us uh, I appreciate your hockey knowledge and uh, tonight. There's great pessimism about the Wilds' chances that Morrissey's a good defenseman, but supposedly they're getting Myers back, so that'll help them a little bit. But the uh, Jets have really been beaten up back there. They what? They're missing two of their guys going into the playoff, right? Yeah, Toby Enstrom is one of their better defensemen over the last number of years, but it just doesn't really matter because they have depth everywhere. I mean, they have three lines of great forwards. They have three pairs of defensemen. I mean, Myers is a pretty flawed player, and in Buffalo, he was a top-pair defenseman. He's on their third pair in Winnipeg. Mm -hmm. That tells you a lot about them, and you've seen him make some nice plays and score in the series and use some of his size and skating ability. So I don't think that it really impacts this one a whole lot. Going up there, it's going to be pretty tough for them. I I mean, there's just a big talent gap here where... If you were to name the top five players in the series, I think they all probably belong to Winnipeg. Just that's the biggest disadvantage. (laughs) It really is. Yeah, I uh, like Dubnik better than their goalie, despite the fact their goalie is one of the nominees. He, I mean, he won a lot of games this year, and he was okay down here last time. He wasn't real good in Game Three, but. Yeah, he had a meltdown, and he's a little inconsistent. Last year, he wasn't very good at all in his first year as a starter, and then this year, he had a great season and played a ton of games for them. He's only 24 years old, too. Oh, really? So he's, okay. Yeah, and goalies are different. Like, a 24-year-old forward is in his prime, in the middle of his prime. A 24-year-old goalie is pretty young, and usually they start to hit their prime in their later 20s. So he's got kind of a lot of potential and showed that this year. He is prone to something like that happen, but he's also prone to stealing a game from time to time, too. But, of course, the Wild would have to outplay Winnipeg yes. to have their goalie steal one. It's The only chance that they really have is if Devin Dubnik goes crazy, blazing white hot and somehow steals these games. 
But that's really hard to see from him because we've got a bigger sample now in the playoffs of him just not doing that. Get uh, get ahead of him 2-1 going into the third and let him get puckered up a little bit as the clock winds down. Hey, how has Bufflin changed as a player from the big moose who was running all over the ice and uh, making his share of mistakes? Always extremely talented, but uh, he seems a little more, he seems a lot more consistent than he used to be. Uh, yep, that's it, and I think it comes along with maturity for him mm-hmm. because he would I would have written him in for sure, for three, four terrible penalties that turned into power plays for the other team, that turned into goals, that cost his team, or just lazy plays happen sometimes with him. And I haven't seen that at all. He's been one of the best players in this series. And if you're talking about this team with a lot of forwards who aren't physically in, <clears throat> excuse me, intimidating, going up against him, he's got to go 265, 270. Yeah. I mean, he is a monster, but he can skate, and now he's playing a smarter defensive game. He's got a bomb shot, and he's not even on their top pair defense. I mean, that tells you really about this team. They have a second liner who has 44 goals, and that guy's their second pair defenseman, and that's why they're a cup contender in the wild really aren't. Yeah, I know. I know. You know. Okay, they were drafting early, but that uh, that doesn't explain it. Who did the good work up there putting this roster together? Uh, Kevin Dayoff is their general manager, and it really just took a lot of patience. Um, there have been other teams who have been rebuilding who got frustrated with some of their young players when they didn't make it and made trades, or they fired coach after coach. I'm thinking of Buffalo here, really. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but Edmonton, too. I mean, Edmonton has McDavid, and McDavid deserves the Hart Trophy this year, and his team didn't make the playoffs. Yes. That tells you how the, bad the rest of the roster is, where Winnipeg was very patient with these guys. I mean, Mark Shifley has turned into a two-way, dominant number 1 center, but they've given time to guys like Kyle Connor, who has come up, who wasn't a top, top draft pick. Um, Ehlers has some flaws in his game, but he's an amazing skater, and they stuck with him. And Morrissey and Truba both are young defensemen, and they've had to wait for them to really come along, too. So having that patience to miss the playoffs a couple of years and continue to draft high and then get these players I think has really paid off for them. Nita Ryder, Coyle, Granlin, Zucker, uh, Dumba, uh, Brodeen, I don't think probably is in that same class because you know what you you always knew what you're going to get there. Mm-hmm. What? Uh, how, how much of that? Uh, if they get beat uh, tonight and get beaten five games, how much of that nucleus are they going to have to move away from? And and the, the everybody brings up coil, but what are you going to get for him? Yeah, coming off of a, a poor year, the one criticism I would really have of Chuck Fletcher is foresight is his, his lack of it. Because with Charlie Coyle, he's a great example. Last year he scored 56 points. We all know what Charlie Coyle is. We know how inconsistent he is. We know what the the highs look like for him are great. And the lows, he's a complete ghost. And we've known that for quite some time now. So last year was the perfect time if you were going to move him where his value would have been really high when he scores 56 points. Other teams, they see a guy who's 6'2", and they go, oh. And with good hands, I've always right. thought. Yeah, oh, oh, very good. Yeah, he's skilled, and he's, and he's big, and he can use that physical presence that he has. It's just only every so often, and when he's not doing it, he's just dragging you down. And he does that for long periods of time. So he would have had really high value on the market last year. Deciding not to move him. He's got a a good contract, though. So I might have said, okay, no big deal. But there are other players, too. Mikkel Granlund's one of them. 
regular season, these last two years, he's been great, but we've seen this story in the playoffs year after year, sticking with all of these same guys when you knew what the outcome was going to be at the end and not trying to make a change there. It reminds me of years and years of Nashville, where Nashville would be first round in the playoffs. Hey, maybe Nashville's year, and then they'd be out. And finally, they did get some top draft pick talent, for one, um, that they were able to trade for Ryan Johansson. But another thing with them was they made the P.K. Subban trade. There are general managers in the NHL who I have no respect for, who I think are just clueless and out to lunch completely, that if you have a decent GM, you can steal and rob from them constantly. And that P.K. Subban trade is one of the best I have ever seen. An aging Shea Weber who was much better three, four years ago for a guy in his prime who's a Norris Trophy finalist again. Changed the franchise entirely. Wasn't Shea Weber making more money, too? Uh, Shea Weber's contract is a complete disaster. Yeah. He signed one of those Parisi Suter deals before the CBA, so then it goes on for the rest of eternity. And he's basically. like, what, 34 now or something he, like yeah, that? Yeah, I think he's 33 or 34, and then you have Subban in his prime. And the only reason they're trading Subban is because their goalie got hurt, and then they blamed him for it that year. So you like these are the trades that there are 10 trades in the NHL that are completely unexplainable. They're so dumb. And the Wild didn't take advantage of any of these opportunities. Need a writer for Clutterbuck is the last uh, one like <laughs> that. That, that is true. That's the that last is one absolutely made. true. All right. All right. Uh, we'll be back with Matthew Collar, and we will uh, talk Vikings when we return. Winicky left. Two backs alongside Christian. He'll air it up. Right side for Goddard. Leaping one-hand grab. Get out of here. Now, the last time uh, the Minnesota Vikings went for a tight end from the Dakotas, high in the draft, uh, worked out pretty good. Jim Kleinsaucer, North oh. Dakota, second rounder, uh, University of North Dakota, back when it was uh, D2, back when it was the North Central Conference, not 1AA. But uh, this kid's going to be uh, Dallas Goddard from South Dakota State's going to be one of the uh, top tight ends drafted, huh? Do they only have great names like that? Yes, like, right. That, yeah, right. You you yeah. go over to the Dakotas and they're all named Klein Saucer. Yeah, and you, you don't have uh, Willie Upshaw. And by the way, guys, that highlight that I just played is from two years ago, from the 2016 season. The catch that he makes is like Odell Beckham. <laughs> like it's one hand. He he goes up and grabs it with he's, one he's hand. He's got the meat he's hook. Going huh? to the yeah, Big old it, it, was, meat it was phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I participated in a mock draft for the uh, Los Angeles Times. Okay, where uh, I, basically a different writer yeah, from, from every city. city, and you wait, and then you you got they call you and say, okay, this, yep. these yep. are the guys that are taken. And okay. I'll t- I will. Uh, sorry to uh, Sam Farmer, I will ruin it, but I picked Dallas Goddard. Really? Because, yeah, I didn't I did. know that. Yeah. I, yeah. We took All a flyer right. here, so because yeah. the other, do you did, now? There's another. What's the other tight end that uh, uh, Mike Gusecki? And from he, Penn State. was he already taken by the time? Yeah, you got Goddard. Or he did was, you go for Goddard? He was not taken. I like Goddard as a more developed prospect so far. I think Gusecki is a physical freak show, <laughs> and I, I mean he and Gusecki. I've watched 
some of these guys, at least a couple of games of each of them. And Gusecki will, he'll win the ball. I mean, if you throw it up, he's going to jump over somebody and get it because he's like an NBA player with how high he can jump. Uh, but Goddard, I think, is more of a developed all-around tight end. He kind of reminds me of Zach Ertz from the Philadelphia Eagles where he can do a little bit of everything and he can block, too. And uh, he looks to me, and I love the tight end position for the Vikings because you add a weapon for this year, and then down the road you're gonna eventually either have Kyle Rudolph retire, or, or you're gonna, or you're gonna uh, you just move on. You're gonna, uh, you're gonna, you know, unless Rudolph has another terrific year, they're gonna call him in next year and say, ah, uh, you got to take half, else we're gonna let you go. Yep. Right? Yeah, uh, that's what you know. Rudolph's. Smart enough to know what he's getting set up for here, wouldn't he? If they take a tight end, it's isn't it funny how if you draft a quarterback, the the people go nuts, right? Because mm-hmm. you're gonna, you, you, how can you draft a quarterback? I'm still your quarterback, but you can every other position, man. They're getting ready to steal your money. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and that's exactly what Goddard would do with Rudolph because he's set to make seven point six million. But the Vikings have they hold all the cards in that because they owe him nothing if they cut him after this year. He'll play. After he'll be year. yeah. He'll be there. This yeah, year. and and for this year, it's a great situation if they add another tight end because if you're going to win with Kirk Cousins. You need to have a lot of weapons. I think that's what he showed in Washington. In 2016, that team was stacked with weapons, and that's when he performed at his best. And so add as many as you can. I love the Kendall Wright signing to bring in a slot guy and just add someone else where that was already a weakness. Why not have some more? And for next year, this guy could play kind of the role of Trey Burton, who was the second tight end for the Eagles, where he does add a vertical threat there. And then This kid the- can run? Oh yeah, you know he's fast. Yep. Oh he really? Can, yes. I'm big. Yep. Uh, six four and two. I saw like six five and like two fifty ish yeah, or something. Yeah, two fifty. Man, oh my. Yeah. What yeah. is wrong here in America that you got kids like that that can run like that? It's I, a, I, it's it's un- incredible. You know, it is amazing how fast it goes away for these guys. And now Rudolph is, you know, been all banged up. But what is this? Like year seven, maybe. Yeah, he was the 2011 draft, I yeah, think. Yeah. Okay, here, yeah, I mean, it's... Same draft as Ponder, been, I think. You spend three years waiting for the guy to reach his full potential, and then he gets hurt once, and then he's, he's at his full potential for about three years, and then they're yep. looking for somebody else who's cheaper. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, that's the way it goes, man. 28, yep. 29, unless you're a quarterback, uh, they're looking around. And Rudolph... I mean, he has his positives to his game, especially he's got great hands. If you throw it to him, he's going to catch it, and he's good in the red zone, all those things. But he is a limited player because of his lack of speed, because of the injuries that he's had. And for his size, he's really not a very good blocker. So I think it would be better for them overall to add this weapon. And with the depth of the guard class, because I can just imagine people saying, what about a guard? You need a guard. We need an offensive lineman. But the depth is so good in this class. There are seven, maybe eight guys you could draft who I all think would be day one starters and are very good prospects. So I think you can wait until the second round. And I've even said you could trade down if you wanted to and try to pick Does up more picks. Does the guard position uh, relate a lot better that the, when you're playing guard in college football, what you're doing relate a lot better to the NFL than when you're playing tackle and you're, uh, you know, I mean, 
always blocking for a spread offense and yeah, stuff like that. I can, I can see your logic there yeah. because when you're playing tackle in college football, the guys you're playing are nowhere close to what mm-hmm. they are in the NFL. You talk about tight ends as freak shows. How about the defensive ends? Uh, someone I was talking to the other day mentioned that when Dwight Freeney started, he was like the only guy that could do some of the stuff athletically. Now there's 15 guys who can do yeah. all the things that he did, and it's impossible for tackles, which is really why a lot of these offenses have such quick passing offenses now because the defensive ends are such freaks. So if you're asking a tackle to come in and be a rookie and, and face those guys, it's a, it's a big ask. It's really difficult to do. Um, a lot of the tackles, though, that are pretty decent could play guard if they didn't work out there. So there's also that option on guys like Connor Williams or Terrell Crosby. When, uh, when the Denver Broncos won their last Super Bowl with one of the worst quarterbacks to ever play in a Super Bowl, mm-hmm. even though he used to be pretty good, but he was a fossil. Uh, one of the greatest by, quarterbacks of all time, but one of the worst to ever, <laughs> ever play in the a Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. Yeah, because yeah, he threw like me. Doc City. <laughs> but... When they were putting Von Miller in those little three-man pocket sets out on the left side, and I'm thinking, these these defensive guys are so smart because three years before, there was going to be no more defense in the NFL, mm-hmm. and every game was going to be 45 to 38, and it was a crime, and all advantages were. And then they all said, no. We'll just get some amazing studs and knock the crap out of the quarterback. And uh, that's what they've done. That's exactly what's happened. Yeah. And uh, the defenses have adjusted to the offenses. And I think we saw last year that even though it has gone leaps and bounds from where it was 15 or 20 years ago, where the average quarterback rating was in the 70s oh, and now yeah. it's 90, it has still Francis changed. Is, but Francis is the runaway Hall of Famer and he'd throw 22 interceptions yeah, a year. Yeah. And we never thought anything of it. Oh, well, shucks. But where, where you see it now. <laughs> Now, where defenses have done a great job is they have better corners and more corners and more yes. uh, talented defensive ends. So now every team is playing three cornerbacks and two safeties all the time as opposed to playing the three linebackers like they used to. What fascinates me is the Philadelphia Eagles. In this offseason, after they've won the Super Bowl and they last year played seven or eight defensive linemen, Went out and got defensive linemen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, to, Michael Bennett. You know, yeah. they they went out and got more of those guys. Yeah. There's the more you have that can come in fresh and go after the quarterback, the the better chance you have of stopping somebody. Yeah, and they did lose one, uh, Bo Allen. Yeah, and, right. Uh, uh, the uh, Wisconsin kid from here. Yeah, yeah. Bo Allen. Oh, yeah. And, and he was and he was a pretty good rotational player yeah. too. But uh, now the the Vikings have said that they want to try to copy of the rotation a little bit, but. Good luck getting all that talent because the Eagles drafted a guy in the first round. They were all set, and they still drafted Derek Barnett last year in the first round because they know that that is one of the most important positions out there, and the more talent you can have, the better off you are. They drafted Barnett with the pick they got for Sam Bradford. Yes, they did. That's correct. All right, we'll be back with uh, Matthew Collar. This is the Friday Fun Fest with our musical guest, Jerry Lee Lewis. Lewis, today's a musical guest, uh, Matthew Collar, with us. The second half of that Viking schedule, if they uh, if they get through at uh, five and three or six and two, the first half, it's going to be pretty clear sailing because I don't think Seattle's going to be very good. And I 
I wouldn't be shocked if it's uh, if the run is. Uh, I think New England will be competitive, but I don't. You know, I don't. The Vikings are going to have a better football team than New England. You do have to face Rodgers, Brady, yes. and Wilson. Wilson, like back yes. To back yeah, to back, yeah, yeah, right. That's, that's true. Tough. That's true. It is. That'll be a test for your defense. But uh, uh, the Vikings have such a better roster than Green Bay, uh, oh, yeah. top to bottom, that uh, I, I don't see them. Now, who knows about injuries and everything, but I don't see Green Bay coming in here as less than a six or seven point underdog, you know. I, I think they should split probably with Green Bay. Rodgers yeah. is so good that I always give them one there. The teams that could really swing this entire season for the Vikings are in their division, Chicago and Detroit. Because last year, Detroit was the seventh highest scoring team in the entire NFL. Really? They couldn't play defense for yes. anything. Yeah. And so they went out and hired Matt Patricia in the past. Bill Belichick's minions have not worked out very well as head coaches, but I don't know what that says about another guy who's giving it a go. And he's supposed to be very, very good on defense. If they make some improvements there, they could be much tougher. And Chicago is one to watch. Matt Nagy comes from Kansas City, and Andy Reid is brilliant. What he was able to do in Kansas City with Alex Smith and you look at the success they had, not in the postseason, but in the regular season. They were a great team as long as Alex Smith was there. Is he gonna? Is Nagy gonna be able to do the same thing when it comes to Mitch Trubisky taking that next step forward? It worked for Jared Goff to get a new coach and some players around him. I think that Chicago defense is pretty legitimate. I mean, those could be some tough games for the Vikings. Now, uh, wasn't it a Lions through and through though that you hire? the defensive coordinator, and then he goes and gives up 50 points in the Super Bowl to Nick Foles. I mean, that was uh, that was right out of the Lions playbook. Yeah, it was. The Lions have, if you go back 50 years, 50, or 50-some years, when they were breaking down the divisions, when they ended up, the Detroit Lions, and this is mid-60s, well, I guess it's when they're, it was before they were taking in the, uh, AFL teams, I think. So mm-hmm. they were they were going coastal and capital and stuff. And the Lions tried like hell to keep the Vikings out of their division. <laughs> they they didn't want the. But I, I mm-hmm. saw some old stories on that. And I Russ Thomas, I think, was the guy's name, the GM there. And boy, was he right because if you know the Vikings have had a very good history of uh, winning seasons compared to losing seasons. But without the Lions, it wouldn't have been nearly as easy. <laughs> well, what was it that I said yesterday that Mike Zimmer, when we were going through yeah. the schedule, that Mike Zimmer's like the only Vikings coach, coach I can coach think ever. of that, that kind of struggles well, to beat the Lions for I whatever always reason. say, now Bud beat him. Bud had one, I think, 13 in a row with one tie or something. But uh, And they were pretty good. They had Joe Schmidt. And was the coach, and they had pretty good teams. And Ticey was undefeated against Ticey, them. Ticey, that's the number Ticey one thing I always say. Them. Vikings versus Lions, Ticey, 8-0. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, definitely a different version of the Lions with yes. yeah. Matt Stafford. and, and Yeah, and, they're good. But. And, and Jim Bob Cooter, their offensive coordinator, whose name I had to mention. Yes, right. Um, he's done a brilliant job, though, with Matt Stafford because I think previous offensive coordinators wanted Stafford to huck the ball down the field because he's got mm-hmm. a monster arm. But they've gone to just getting the ball into the hands of their playmakers and have really turned that offense into something dangerous. If they play any defense at all, I think their fans are going to expect them to be competing for the playoffs. And I could say the same thing for Chicago, that they could see a 500 team. 
So it's like, all right, well, you know, you could see scenarios where those games are a lot harder than just penciling in wins. Was that the uh, was that the real Keenum clunker last year against the Lions here at the yes. Dome? They were awful offensively. Right? Yes, and that was and and something that was early, yeah, obviously. Something always goes disastrously wrong. It that was seems. the game Dalvin Cook got hurt. Too. Yep, yeah. because you had the year before was Blair Walsh missing the. The what, extra point or field goal? Yeah, against he, Detroit. And yeah. then, with only eight seconds left or something, Stafford hits a 30-yard pass and sets up that freak show kicker that they have. Well, but it always, in, until the last three years, it always happened the other way. <laughs> it always yeah. happened the other way. Yeah. Uh, there was uh, There's some fantastic bud victories over the Lions. And the one I remember is at Met Stadium, when they're finally going to beat them, they're finally going to end the streak. And they got the ball, and they're running the clock down, and they're going to put it right in the middle of the field and kick about a 25-yard field goal. Errol Mann was a kicker, and they blocked it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's the way it went. But uh, I don't know. I think, uh, like, this is Eagles, Rams, Vikings, don't you, when I look at the uh, NFC? Mm-hmm. Don't you? Don't you? Eagles, Rams, Vikings? It should be. It should be. It as far as how I would actually rank them versus maybe what their schedules tell us what their final records will be, mm-hmm. because this schedule is really difficult. I would also put New Orleans in there, too. Yeah. I didn't see any signs of Drew Brees falling off, and really he should have beat and the Vikings. And their defense is finally good. Yeah. Exactly. And Marshawn Lattimore, last year their shutdown corner was ridiculous for a rookie, and now he's just going into another year and they've improve their linebackers, and they're going to draft somebody else there. So they could be a really good team, too. I think it is a four-team race, but I never count out any team with an elite quarterback. Yeah. I mean, if Atlanta. it's Russell yeah. Wilson last year is 11-5, and five, if they didn't sign Blair Walsh for only God knows why. <laughs> of all the people who could kick footballs in the entire yeah. world, you signed him? How many did he lose for him? Just one? or Two. two? I think it was two. Yeah, two I mean, there was, there was one that was a makeable field goal against Atlanta that he came up short on, but it was like 48 yards or something. Or 50, Russell's, uh, Russell's got to be, you know, any p- frustrations Rodgers has, Russell has to have a few of the same ones because they don't, they, you know, his life's in danger every game. Yeah, it is. And they did get Dwayne Brown, the tackler. Yeah. So that should help them a lot. I would say they, well, they also drafted a guard last year, the guy from LSU, and then they'll probably draft another one this year. So they are starting to help him a bit, but they lost another wide receiver and their defense is not anywhere near what it was. It's just, I look at him and say he is so good that he keeps you in every game because he can do things that very few quarterbacks can do. Uh, Matthew Collar is with us here. A little hour of uh, first some wild talk, then some Vikings talk, and we shall return. As I always say, without philandering, there would be no country music, ladies and gentlemen. Not old country music, anyway. Uh, yeah, the uh, the wife's either cheating or the husband's cheating, one or the other. Or, uh, you know, I, I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a great uh, form of music. Uh, Matthew Collar is with us. Uh, the Vikings. Beyond uh, the uh, getting a guard and getting a tight end, uh, what else? Uh, they're just then we'll get down to the taking the best athlete available uh, place, right? I think the other position that's really up there is cornerback mm-hmm. um, because they have three right now on mm-hmm. the roster. So you're going to need some more bodies there. Mackenzie Alexander 
they tried him through camp last year and gave him every chance to win the nickel corner job, and he lost it to a guy who has an AARP card. So mm-hmm. it's not a real great sign. He played about 30% of the snaps last year, and he doesn't really have like the athleticism of the other guys who have taken the big steps. So people will say, well, Zimmers can do this with these other guys. Well, right, but that guy is six foot one and runs a 4'4", four, four, whereas Alexander is smaller, not as quick, that sort of thing. So I think they need to draft another corner, and it wouldn't shock me if there was one taken by them in the first round. If he were, if, 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 if it's the, the right guy. Yeah. yeah. Now, how is this as a cornerback draft? There are a couple of them that are really good. The guy that I like the most is Jair Alexander from... Uh, Louisville, to which one tweeter said, we can't have two guys named Alexander. <laughs> can't disagree with that logic. Uh, but it, he's he's just physical, and he has some experience playing in the slot, and he's just when a, do a they, good overall player. When do they have to pay Waynes? So they he's got two years left. Ha- yeah, they have to pick up his fifth-year option, which I assume they will, yes. and that will keep him under contract through t- 2019. After that, it's tough to see him here, because if you're him... Why would you stay for less if you are if you if he plays this well hit the market because if you hit the market as a corner you're getting big time dollars. Did you uh, feel like he played that well last year? Yeah, no, I thought he was really good last year. It's now if he can repeat it, I don't know because what I saw from him a lot was the better quarterbacks who look at a situation and say, you know what, that guy is covered, but I bet I can throw it in there. Like Aaron Rodgers, for example. They play a lot of those guys this year, and I'm not sure they played a lot of those guys last year. So that's where Waynes gets beat a lot because he doesn't get his head around. He doesn't play the ball very well. But worse quarterbacks will look at that and go, ah, he's covered. I can't throw it in that area where the better quarterbacks will. So we'll see. I need a bigger sample on that. But I did think that he took pretty big steps last he year. Got, he got better at not getting so handsy because it seemed like the year yep. before he yep. was just grabbing and pulling and, guys and early the on when they tried to play him he'd get three penalties every yeah. 10 plays so but uh okay uh teddy's knee obviously uh was a lot worse than uh they were trying to convince mm-hmm. us it was uh, yes. once he came back and uh uh you know it looks like the jets have what only guaranteed him five hundred thousand dollars or yep. something yep so Correct. and then the supposedly are going to draft a quarterback, right? I would be really stunned if it wasn't Baker Mayfield that Mm -hmm. they drafted. It just seems like the perfect fit, and he is probably the most talented quarterback. I think he's a little bit of a jerk, so that might hurt him. Imagine that they, kid in the New York media. Man. I know, oh it, and that's and that's what could sink <laughs> and him. And he'll get a little uh, get a little surly when they ask him a question. Yeah. It, it will not be whether he could throw the ball. It yeah. will be because of who he is and how he adjusts to an NFL offense. He was playing an air raid, which is not really going to fit in the NFL, so he's going to have to adapt. But uh, there's a very low chance that Teddy Bridgewater is the starter of the Jets, and I'd be surprised at this point if he plays in the NFL again with just how everything was laid out there, I think it was pretty clear that if he was healthy, he's your quarterback right now in Minnesota. But to pry him from Mike Zimmer's cold, dead hands, his knee had to be really bad. It might have even been you that I saw this from. I can't remember where I saw it, but you know, as a devoted Wyomaniac who uh, goes to a Wyoming football game about every other year, uh, I would love to see Josh Allen go first, right? It would be a big boost for Coach Bowl and especially for my guy Ringlesby, the uh, devoted uh, Wyoming fan. But I was reading uh, something, one of these advanced quarterback analytic 
things mm-hmm. that that really breaks down a guy's college career and where he throws the ball and whether he can get caught or not is the guy's a train wreck. Uh, yeah. yeah, and they think that only the Browns could be dumb enough to draft him Josh, right away at yep. the top. Josh Allen screams Ryan Leaf. He screams Blake. <laughs> Not Bortles. a bad guy, but but if you no, mean no, no, as far as talents, yeah. he seems fine as a, and they, as a in guy. fact the comparison they made was Bortles that I yep, saw in this Bortles. thing. Yep, because it's all about how big he is, how far he can throw, the physical traits, and uh, there was a report that he scored well on whatever IQ test that they give that means nothing mm-hmm. in the long run. <laughs> because I think uh, you know, I think, think Brett Favre could beat anybody right. in Scrabble. Yeah, right, exactly. Uh, <laughs> But so he's got all these measurables and all those things, and watching him throw the ball over the goalpost from midfield from his knees is pretty cool trick for parties. But <laughs> I watched a lot of him because I was excited when he would be on TV, and it was brutal. And it's not just that he's inaccurate, because he is at times. It's really that he doesn't process the game very well. You see him drop back, and it's like he doesn't know where to go with the ball, and then there's pressure, and he's so big he can throw a guy off sometimes. But in the NFL, there are very few guys who can do that, and most of them are reading the field really quickly and then making quick decisions and throwing accurate passes. He doesn't do any of that. And he made a lot of really poor decisions. He was slow with with it and extremely inconsistent. And when you talk about a guy who's completing 56%, at that level, I mean, not not playing in the SEC or something, then you should be really concerned. So why and is he so highly highly touted? Yeah, physically, just of the, 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 the size and the arm strength and, strength and all that yeah, stuff. I mean, yep. he's a monster and a and a good guy, good yeah. kid. But uh, I was out there the week I was out there. He was hurt. And I can guarantee you this, he's better than their backup. <laughs> <laughs> this guy was terrible. And I didn't, but, uh, and and I they didn't lost to Fresno State. So I didn't love that either, that, that he's kind of used that as his excuse. And Jordan Palmer, who's working with him, the former NFL quarterback, has used that as his excuse. Oh, he didn't have wide receivers. You know, this. It, you're in Wyoming. I mean, you should be trucking people. It should be. Remember Steve McNair and what he did in college. It should be like setting records and running over people. I always have a tough time with the draft of getting convinced that someone who didn't do it there is going to do it against way better competition. It's the Jeff George uh, motto from way back 20 years ago, although that arm was... uh... That might be the best arm I've ever seen yeah. with the Vikings as yeah. an arm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he was fantastic, but he was he was a different cat. I I don't think any Viking fan has ever forgiven him for one, running away from that fumble down in St. Louis when it was <laughs> laying on. They were going to get their ass kicked down there anyway, but yeah. he kind of yeah, I could either fall in that fumble or get the hell out of here. I might get hurt, but... Uh, He's, uh, you know, but that's kind of the guys that I don't think a guy should ever win, win you over in the combine. I yeah. think he's got to, yep. I think you got to, what you're looking is for confirmation. Shouldn't it be instead I, of looking for, uh, I definitely agree with that. That just if, if, if you had performed like Orlando Brown horribly in the combine, mm-hmm. it can drop you off because you got to compete with real athletes. But you shouldn't have your stock become all of a sudden your real prospect there. It should be what you did on the field. Troy Williamson, we'll be back. Uh, 
All right, I'll admit Jerry Lee isn't as good at this one as Johnny Cash is. This this song was made for Johnny Cash, but uh, I love Jerry Lee Lewis and still around. And Johnny Height told us he's going to be at one of the local casinos here pretty soon. Oh, really? Yeah, oh. eighty-two years old. These guys, they're like. Uh, I don't know. They they can't give her up, can they? They're like sports writers. They can't give it up, man. Just can't let it go. He uh, keeps getting older, and the <laughs> girls stay the same age, right? <laughs> no, I think, he only, I, think, I think he only married a 13-year-old cousin once. Oh, okay. <laughs> so uh, I saw a great documentary on that. Uh, nobody knew, and they all his advisors told him, don't take her with you to Britain. He got off the plane with this little girl, and she said, and who are you, ma'am? And he says, I'm Mrs. I'm... I'm Mrs. Jerry Lee, and they all went crazy. All righty, well, you got Saturday uh, sports talk tomorrow. Mm-hmm. How's it going uh, with uh, Judd? Well, you know, Judd's here, so it's, uh, it's uh, no, it's it's uh, it's great. We're gonna have a lot to and you uh, you don't and Judd, of course, uh, he's got those mixed emotions. Uh, the Wild. He wants to yeah. see more hockey, but he also wants to bash the hell out of him. Oh, so, uh, boy. It's... He had an epic rant to start. I just let him go for seven <laughs> straight minutes, which ended up him calling Wild fans dummies by the end. <laughs> yeah, they may be dummies, but they're the most loyal dummies we've ever had in this town for any sport. Yeah. It's unbelievable. 106% capacity again the other night. They it's keep coming back. All right. Hey, thanks, Matthew. Hey, thank you. All righty. We shall a return. Johnny Krasinski, uh, Timberwolves Nation in upheaval. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone.